Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. By the way, I, real quick, I want to do a little bit of house cleaning. Okay. okay. Uh, if you hear something coming I through do, your I can radio, hear it now. yeah. Okay, there's nothing wrong with your radio. Uh, I walked into the studio this morning and the air conditioning in the building broke. Oh. And you know, if you have something soundproofed, the insulation also traps heat in. So yeah. it was 95 degrees in my studio right now. Oh, my god! I've got a little fan going. So I just I, I wanted to just do that housekeeping uh, here. You're, there's nothing wrong with your ears or if you're listening to the podcast later. There's nothing wrong with your connection. I'm just kind of in a wind tunnel right now so I don't die. It's, so. <laughs> you know, have you considered bringing a hose in and just hosing I, yourself down I, during I, breaks? Or? I really did toy with the idea of going around the corner to Walmart and getting a kiddie pool and filling it up with ice yeah, just, just fill to it like up. put yeah, my right. feet in. But anyway, okay, so enough about me. That That's it. I Gosh, just wanted to. See, Dave, I just, again, pulling the back a little bit here, the curtain. David and I are in separate studios. Mm-hmm. My studio right now. I actually, I turned the air conditioning off because it was well, so cold in here. Well, whoopty freaking do for you. All right. <laughs> so, on to the news to of the day. A little bit of that your way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. On, on to the news of the day. There has been some astounding gaslighting happening right now from media and Democrats because as we are getting more and more evidence that Joe Biden was involved in his son's business deals around the world, they're just saying ah, evidence doesn't exist. It's been debunked. It, it is. You were right. The Chris Coons, I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah. Oh, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, they, they the guy's saying have... there's no connection to Joe Biden? No, there ne- are. And of course fact, there is. Today, Devin Archer, uh, uh, Hunter Biden's friend and business partner, is testifying in a closed-door hearing on Capitol Hill. Yes. About Joe's involvement in all of these business deals. Yes. And by the way, the Department of Justice also sent a judge... A nice little uh, care package related to Devin Archer. Devin Archer has been convicted of fraud. Yeah. And so the Department of Justice says, hey, by the way, we need to schedule a date for him to report to prison. And they put it out on a Saturday, which a lot of people are saying is, is fairly unusual. Not being a federal prosecutor, I can't tell you one way or the other. But I have right. heard uh, multiple people who have been involved with this uh, say that it is highly unusual for them to issue something like this. And so the implication is that uh, there was witness intimidation going on. Now, the DOJ, the Southern District of New York, more specifically, has come back and said, no, 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 no. We're talking about having a conversation on Wednesday about when we can schedule his reporting to uh, prison and whatnot for his fraud conviction. That's all we were doing. Normal run-of-the-mill stuff that right. rarely happens, evidently. <laughs> so, yeah. And they said, we're not going to get in the way of him testifying. But if nothing else, this is a reminder, and they're seating the American public to say, hey, by the way, this guy is a convicted fraudster, so maybe you take everything with a grain of salt. My question is, because I don't trust any of these people, but my question is, does he have the receipts or not? You know, because uh, years ago, when the law was circling around Devin Archer, 
uh, he had apparently talked to someone at the New York Times. There was the, it's, it gets very convoluted and everything. But Joe Biden actually, I'm sorry, Hunter Biden actually called his dad saying, yeah, now they got this piece going on in the New York Times and it may be linked to me. What do I do, Pop? Yeah, I just want to do corrupt business deals around the world yeah, and smoke crack and, you know, consort with prostitutes. That's yeah, all I, I want to do. I don't need this kind of nonsense in my life. Dad, make this go away. And then remember the voicemail that Joe Biden left for his son. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked to so-and-so, and I think we're okay on that. So, yeah, there is actually evidence. But if you watch mainstream media or listen to any of these liars in, uh, in the Democrat Party, you would believe that, well, this whole thing is just completely made up. Frankly, yep. I don't think they've actually made the case yet. A lot of allegations, zero proof. No receipts. They haven't laid a glove on President Biden. Where's the evidence? There is no evidence. None of that's been proven. There's no evidence of that. There is today zero evidence. Zero evidence. They have yet to provide any hard evidence that the president himself has done anything wrong. Yeah, okay, except for text messages and emails in which Hunter Biden explicitly mentions his dad. Oh, except for an FBI informant who said, yeah, Joe Biden was kind of the point guy on all of these deals. He's the reason we were working with Hunter Biden to begin with. So there is actually evidence here. Well, who's the big guy? Right, exactly. Who is That was early on. Who's who's the big guy who's taking 10%? Yeah, who's sitting next to me when I'm when I'm saying he's sitting next to me? Yeah, I so the reality I mean, is, who is that? The reality is there is evidence out there and oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, this is rich coming from the same people who claimed that they knew Brett Kavanaugh was a gang rapist because of a calendar he kept in high school. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're fraudsters, they're liars, and switching gears. Here's another example of this. You know, Democrats are struggling to defend Joe Biden's record, especially on the economy. I mean, there's new polling out every single day where Joe Biden reaches new lows, uh, especially on the economy, because... Listen, you know, the Democrats want to talk about GDP growth, right? Well, I'm sorry, but when people are still paying roughly double what they used to in groceries, that matters a whole hell of a lot more than some corporate guy making some more money. It, it just does. Yeah. And so, but they're, they're trying to lie their way through this. Uh, Senator Chris Murphy was on CNN and he was asked why so many Americans feel pessimistic about the state of the economy. And just listen, listen to this. You might want me to stop this. Like after the first five seconds. But if you want to weigh in, just throw the flag, Scott. All right. Because this is insanity. Well, listen, the economy is booming right now. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> unemployment under 4%. Uh, you... well, listen, the economy's booming, booming right now, okay? Everybody <laughs> knows the economy up. is booming right now. Have these, where do these people live? Well, they, they don't go to Walmart. I they mean, really, never that's go to what Walmart. it comes down to. They never go anywhere. They don't buy groceries. Yeah. What, what is, are you, again, again, if they're looking at like, oh, the manufacturing sector, oh, there's been good growth there. Well, right now there may be jobs, et cetera. But when, again, when the price of eggs is crazy, yeah. when the price of bread, when the price of everything you need to feed and keep your family alive is crazy expensive, those top line numbers that Wall Street loves so much don't really matter to most no. Americans. Most Americans who are trying to do a budget every month, who are trying to figure out how to squeeze life out of every single penny coming in. 
you got more and more people looking for second jobs. You've got more and more people. Maybe they were in a, uh, a situation where mom stayed at home with the kids or dad stayed at home with the kids. Well, mom or dad in that case going back to work. So, yeah, right now, Joe Biden likes to talk about, oh, it's, you know, from the from the bottom up and the middle out. Yeah. Well, right now, those are the people who are getting screwed. Absolutely. By Bidenomics. And I'll tell you, the CBS YouGov poll that came out over the weekend. I saw that. Where nobody is buying the Bidenomics thing. And in fact, the number one response when they asked, what do you think of when you hear Bidenomics? Number one response, inflation. Yeah. That matters more than what Wall Street likes. It does. Anyway, uh, Chris Murphy went on here after telling people that the economy is booming. What you're experiencing isn't real. Seeing a reduction in inflation that's outpacing all of our other global competitors, GDP rising. But I get it. People listen to Donald Trump say that he was going to reindustrialize the economy, that he was going to bring back manufacturing jobs, and he didn't. And so there is a skepticism from the American electorate that um, presidents who say that they're serious about bringing good jobs back are going to do it. But I think as you continue to see these repeated quarters, these repeated uh, good news stories about the American economy being transformed and people getting back to work, that Joe Biden's going to get credit for that. He should, because uh, we are seeing a absolute revolution of our economy oh, right God. now. Um, the kind of good paying jobs that used to be the foundation of America coming back, and that's Joe Biden's policies. You know, in fairness, there is no such thing as lower income if everybody's poor. No, you're right. They talk about wage growth. Well, real income has gone backwards, and they brag right. about 4% inflation. 4% inflation on top of, in some cases, 16% inflation. You know, they talk, about, they talk about Biden's economic plan. What is the plan exactly? The plan is to screw everybody and yeah, let his and, buddies and, get rich. And to just keep throwing money at stuff. Yeah. That, uh, it, That's the plan. Absolutely. There's no plan here. <laughs> we're we're going to, you know, we're going to. Print... It's not like he's got this concrete plan on how all of this. He doesn't. Yeah. It's just driving around with the big Jerry Lewis checks and handing them off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what this, you know, investment. I hear that all the time, too. We've invested and we're investing in. We've invested in. That means they've just spent a bunch of money on something. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. And what are the returns on that? Well, exactly. We'll, we'll see what happens with the electric vehicle market where his plan, <laughs> all these people get built. All these companies get billions of dollars in financial uh, breaks or straight up cash from the Biden administration uh, for gosh, a market dang. that really doesn't exist in earnest. yet. No. Yeah. So anyway, more on that a little bit later. Uh, I do want to bring this up to you because I know you are a connoisseur of word salad, Scott. Yes, I am. Vice President Kamala Harris got the salad tongs out. She got the crouton. She got the ranch dressing. And she's ready to serve you up a big bowl. You know, we really do need a babble that, that takes what she says and <laughs> interprets it back to us so we understand it. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, I'm speaking fluid Kamala. Right. There you go. Uh, Kamala Harris took it upon herself to explain democracy, Scott. Oh, gosh. All okay. right. Let's enjoy this. The nature of democracy is, is it's, there, there are two sides to it in terms of the nature of it. There's a duality. On the one hand, when democracy is intact, it is incredibly strong in terms of the strength it bestows on the individuals in terms of their rights and their freedoms. Incredibly strong in terms of what it does for its people. On the other hand, there we go. it's very fragile. 
A democracy will only be as intact as our willingness to fight for it. And so fight we must and fight we will. Again, <laughs> this is somebody who is convinced that what she is saying is profound. Mm -hmm. She'll throw in a word like duality. Yes. You notice that? And she kind of mm -hmm. pauses when she says like, like duality. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's a big word. I, you know. It, it's so phony and unbelievable. I mean, there's nothing real about this person. There's nothing oh, real no. about her. No. What, what is there about her that's not manufactured? Uh, it's all, it, this is what she does. Yeah. That, yeah, completely. That's, that's all she no does. no vision here. No. No. I mean, they're just, and every job she's been given is a failure. <laughs> I mean, every single one. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for her to like try to make some analogy here. If I was a speechwriter for Kamala Harris, yes, democracy. You have to think of it in terms of a duality, where it is strong when everybody participates, but it is yeah, weak. Weak. We have to protect it. Think of it like a hard-boiled egg that's still in its shell. The hard-boiled egg is sturdy, but the shell can still crack, and we must make sure that that shell does not crack. And if it does crack, it's equitably cracked. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know what well, I mean? <laughs> Hunter Biden breaks into the room like the Kool-Aid right, ma man mean? and is like, did somebody say crack? The crack? What, okay. what happened? Speaking of Hunter Biden, uh, by the way, the, uh, the White House has now acknowledged that Joe Biden has a seventh granddaughter. We'll get to an update on that. Also, Rand Paul referring Anthony Fauci to the DOJ, a criminal referral. On tap. We'll talk to that. We'll talk about that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, well, a new batch of emails between Anthony Fauci and other scientists has dropped, showing that, well, they were all very worried about the possibility that COVID came out of that lab in Wuhan. Yet publicly, they were all calling it a conspiracy theory. That's right. Including Anthony Fauci. There was That's no right. gain-of-function research happening there. Except in one of those emails from February of 2020, Fauci was concerned because he knew they were doing gain-of-function research at that mm -hmm. stupid lab. And we were paying for it. And we were paying for some of the research the that was going it, on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Senator Rand Paul, he's been on top of this for a couple of years now, uh, said this about it on Fox News, basically summarizing what it is that we have learned about what Fauci and so many others in the medical research establishment were doing. Yeah, this was never about science. This was about the business of science. It was about the money. Follow the money trail, and you see millions of dollars exchanging hands in the first few months of 2020 to the people who came out and said, nothing to see here, couldn't have happened in the lab. But there's probably never been a cover-up in the history of all politics that was so completely documented that they were lying to us. Every one of their private emails says, oh my goodness, looks like it might have come from the lab. Oh my goodness, looks like it was manipulated. And this goes on and on and on. Even so much as to say the one lead virologist who's saying it's all kooky and conspiracy theory to say it came to the lab, he's saying in private, this is no conspiracy theory. This is not a fringe theory. In all likelihood, it could have come from the lab. 
But then in public, they print an article that Anthony Fauci commissions them. He basically says, you need to get this written up as soon as possible. He works on them to edit this. And when it is published, it says explicitly, this virus is not a laboratory construct. They none of them believed that they knew with certainty right. that it wasn't, but they thought it would harm the business of science. It would harm our relations with China if it became known that this came from a lab in China. And, and hasn't that really been the whole story of the pandemic where the so-called experts just hid the ball because they didn't think we could handle the truth or they didn't want us to know the truth? I mean, even even something as simple as a stupid face mask. Yeah, Fauci's out there on 60 Minutes saying, well, now people don't need to be walking around wearing a mask because it probably won't do much. And then a few months later, hey, or not even a few months later, a little yeah, while later. Days later. Yeah, yeah, Fauci's out there saying, yeah, grab a mask, any mask. And then months down the road, he says, well, look, the reason we said don't wear masks is because we were trying to stockpile masks for uh, health care workers. But you should still wear the mask. Oh, wait, and then later on you find out that that, you know, face mask you made out of an old pair of jean shorts didn't do squat no so i mean it's you know 90 whatever percent of the masks that were out there never really did anything to stop transmission of the coronavirus and i will say this too uh you may dislike anthony fauci uh you may hold him in contempt anthony fauci and you should but nobody holds him in more contempt or has more displeasure or hatred towards him than Rand Paul. No kidding, man. <laughs> so he yeah, loathes no, him. Apparently, there's yes. been a criminal referral to the Department of Justice. Yes. I don't know if anything ever really comes out of that, but um, he did lie under oath if he's saying there was no gain of function research, but privately he was acknowledging that, yeah, there was gain of function research. Yeah. They were messing with bat coronaviruses. As long as Are, there's a breath of life left in him, he's going to pursue yeah. this. I yeah. guarantee it. Real quick, on a lighter note, there's a ride called the uh, Music Express in New York. Uh, it malfunctioned, and people were stuck doing circles in reverse until maintenance cut the power. Usually uh, lasts two to three minutes, but it may have lasted over ten. One guy oh said God. it felt like an eternity. Oh, my God. I'd, just, I'd call that a bonus ride, man, as long as you know you're not going to die. <laughs> going backwards. No kidding. We've been going backwards for years. Hey. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Rocket Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back next week. Thank you so much for being here, as always. Well, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell apart last week because the judge in the case actually read the filing and realized that the government was going to agree to not prosecute Hunter for anything else. Basically, all right, kid, just don't screw up moving forward. And, yeah. And, and yeah, then from, from then on out, you're, you're free to go. Thank you. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Now, according to Democrat Representative Dan Goldman, Donald Trump is to blame for this situation. What? No kidding. You know, they blame Trump, Trump. for everything. <laughs> but I, I didn't think it would go this far. But here's Dan Goldman. I think that there's been a lot of uh, hay made of this, um, but this is a fairly typical process that goes through. This was an unusual agreement, in part because it's a 24-month uh, agreement, and there's the possibility that Donald Trump will be president. And we know from his presidency how much he weaponized the Department of Justice to go after <laughs> his enemies and to favor his associates. Like who? Yeah. 
I mean, really, like who? Name I, names, man. What I are mean, you talking about? As far as going after his yeah. political opponents, I mean, I, I I can point to a couple of examples of maybe trying to take care of some of his buddies, like Roger Stone and yeah. um, oh, also um, Rod Blagojevich. But as far as prosecuting political enemies, uh, one of the first interviews he did after becoming president was with Bill O'Reilly, and Bill O'Reilly asked him what happens with the Clintons, and he says, oh, I'm going to back off. They've been through enough. So, I, dude, what are you talking about with weaponized the DOJ against his political opponents? That makes it's, absolutely no sense. Just a good thing the Clintons have shown him the same grace. Oh, yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> and so Hunter Biden's lawyers are concerned that Donald Trump, if he were to get the presidency, would weaponize the Department of Justice. And so there is an added calculation to this. But the fact of the matter is that this is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, a Trump-appointed judge. This is a very... Uh, independent and thorough investigation. And I think that whatever happens in the Hunter Biden case, we can rest assured that it was done based solely on the facts and the evidence and that there was nothing else to it. Mm -hmm. Nothing else to it. Really? Then, then why was everybody caught off guard last week when the judge says, well, wait a minute, I don't think I can agree. I don't think I can accept this plea deal it, because I'm pretty sure it's illegal. If everything's above board, then at the very least, you would say that the prosecution did sloppy work. And I don't think that prosecution did sloppy work. I think they knew exactly what they were doing. I think they uh, thought they were going to just kind of slip one past the goalie and they got caught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what happened here. And for him to say, well, you know, Donald Trump's a big meanie and uh, Hunter Biden was going to have to get let go. Because otherwise, I mean, Donald Trump could be president to get and go after him. So, uh, it's ridiculous, man. Meanwhile, uh, Republican Representative Nancy Mace is one of the Republicans a little bit skittish when it comes to the prospect of impeaching Joe Biden. And there's part of me that I can understand where she's coming from here, but I don't agree with it because, well, the left is playing a different game. And if you want to if you want to try to sort of reset the balance in Washington, you got to start playing by their rules. Oh, you for have just to. a minute. All yeah, right. I do. Yeah. Uh, all right. So here is Nancy May speaking on Fox News saying, well, you know, this could hurt us at the ballot box if, if we impeach Joe Biden. Well, I do believe we are at this point. An inquiry is different from an impeachment vote and is another tool in the toolbox. But I will tell you, every time we walk the plank, we are putting moderate members, members that won Biden won districts, we are putting those seats at risk for 2024. We are putting the majority at risk. And it's not just impeachment that does that. Other issues like abortion, et cetera, also put those members on the plank. But the one thing I'll say is this, is that whatever the evidence shows us, we ought to follow the facts. And we have to be better than Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi really politicized the impeachment process. We do not want to do that here. We have to show overwhelming, undeniable evidence in order to move this thing forward. And if we can't, then we should not. But if we do, then we ought to use every tool in the toolbox to make sure the American oh. people see it for, it for what it is, and we can hold everyone accountable. Uh, no. That, no. That, that's somebody speaking like it's 2003. Yes, it isn't. It's a different it isn't. world. No, impeach him. Impeach him today, if you can. Why yeah. not? You know, yeah, I mean, bring it up. Let's go. At, Let's at the, go. What are we waiting on? At the very least, it's impeachment inquiry time. I know it's like, okay, yeah. now, now, okay, you got enough pieces. Maybe they're waiting for Devin Archer to finish. 
testifying, which he's supposed to do today. Uh, You know, once this is over, then tomorrow you got to do it. Yeah. We're not smoking the peace pipe with you. No, thanks. No. Ain't going to happen. And this whole thing of like, well, we got to be better than uh, Nancy Pelosi and blah, blah, blah. No, man. They impeached Donald Trump for asking a question about the corruption that's been uncovered with Joe Biden. No. He asked about it. Hey, no. do you think you could find this? Do you think you, you I don't know, Ukraine, hey, do you think you could find any of the, any any information? What do you got here? Love to hear about it, considering Joe Biden could be president. And they impeached him over it. No, we need our own Jamie Raskin and Adam Schiff on our side. Absolutely. Pounding the desk and screaming and yelling as loud as we could about impeaching him for A, B, and C. Yeah. This whole Whatever thing, that is. This whole thing about trying to slow walk things because, no, oh, well, we... The, the, no, we're not going to... They're going to be nice. No. No. Get, no. Being nice gets you nowhere. You uh, lose uh, elections being nice. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is that the first impeachment of Donald Trump, for the political purposes, it worked. Yeah, of course it did. So what's the evidence that will hurt you at the ballot box? Did you see yeah. what happened last November? Everything this was teed up for Republicans, and they didn't get there. This is a mamby-pamby approach. I hate it. Well, you know, if we do it, then they'll do it all the time. They're going to do it all the time anyway. They already did it. They've done it, and they'll do it again. <laughs> Don't think for a second they won't. No. If, if you're going to play the game, let's play the game. Right. And, and if they want to wave the white flag after this and say, okay, we won't do that again, okay. But in the meantime, hell no. Gloves are off, man. No. They are. We're yeah. not doing this. It's got to be that way. Yeah. All right. It's uh, that time of the show. We uh, do What's Your Story? We go around and we talk about a story that may not be the biggest one of the day, but it certainly caught your attention. Scott, we'll start off with you. What's your well, story? Well, David, according to a new study, over one-third of the people in the United States of America have dreamed about climate change at least once in their lives. <laughs> I am not making this up. This is true. Really. Is there anything that climate change cannot do, ladies and gentlemen? Now... I'm not saying I've never had a dream about climate change, but my dream always involves the climate change czar under my bed or chasing me down a long hallway (laughs) somewhere. That guy's more scary than climate change. But anyway, I just thought this is really interesting. I mean, I suppose when you're bombarded with this stuff all the time, I mean, when even your local weather guy's going, well, climate change is the reason for, you know, if you're just bombarded with this stuff 24-7, perhaps paranoia seeps into your dreams at night i don't know but a third of americans have dreamed at least once about climate change wow now my question is during that dream were you naked (laughs) well you got to cool off right right exactly (laughs) unless unless wait are we still talking about climate change causing a new ice age apparently i don't know so then you would it would be terrible if you yeah it would be uh, horrifying yes well i mean listen when you hear the propaganda every single day uh-huh. That this is it. Our civilization is coming to an end because of climate change and whatnot. Yeah, it does. It 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 seeds itself into your brain, into your subconscious, and I'm I'm not actually all that surprised. I mean, how many people have we heard? And a lot of times, I think they're making this up. But uh, politicians, media members will say like, "My six-year-old is really worried because uh, she knows that her generation might be killed off by climate change." And I'm like, man, if that's actually true, that your six-year-old is afraid of climate change like that, then you need to be investigated for child abuse. That's like Wes Craven's going to write a new book about climate change being the boogeyman. <laughs> well, put, 
and put a face on it. And, you know. <laughs> hey, dude, I mean, I, I, in, in the movie The Day After Tomorrow, remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Climate change literally chased the characters. Yes. The little ice that was coming. Ice thing, right. <laughs> yeah. Climate change was the ultimate pursuer. Ah, it's terrible. We need we need a superhero, a Marvel guy that runs on battery power. <laughs> that solves it all. I think he does, yeah. yeah. All right, for my story today, it's What's Your Story. We do this at this time every single day. May not be the biggest story, but it certainly caught your attention. Uh, I really like this story. Uh, the Taiwan People's Party uh, had a uh, slogan that apparently was too problematic in Taiwan, but it actually doesn't make any sense. It's only because Americans were objecting to it. It was do the right thing, do things right, uh, vote white, vote right. Now, this is in Taiwan, right? Okay. Yeah. They have changed this because the wording was accused of being similar to that used by an American white supremacist group. And so I, I suppose that if you are living in the United States and somebody has that, then, yeah, that's uh, obviously in the context of our culture. If somebody says, uh, vote white, vote right, vote right. then, yeah. yeah, you would probably say, okay, well, that, that person certainly is white nationalist, white supremacist, yeah. whatever. In this case, white is the, the color of their party. That's what they, that, that's part of their, their oh, branding. Oh, okay. Is white. Yeah. And again, people in Taiwan aren't white. So it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make they, any yeah. sense. But American uh, culture apparently is so pervasive that even in Taiwan, saying something that could be uh, reminiscent of some neck-bearded weirdo's Reddit post uh, is is problematic. So they have had to change now their their slogan. I it can't is, wait to hear what it is going to be now. <laughs> they're saying, yeah, it was supposed to mean that uh, vote for the power of white is the right choice saying it had nothing to do with white supremacy. And in fact, Taiwanese people, not all that familiar with the concept of white supremacy. But because people on the internet got mad at them, they decided, all right, we gotta, we gotta uh, get away from all of this. This they is- They changed finger licking good? What they changed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's like, vote for us, we're not racist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, vote for us. <laughs> whatever. It's just, it's crazy that a bunch of people on the internet could bully a foreign oh, yeah, political well, party yeah. into not doing their chosen thing because, oh, it might offend someone in the United States. What, what yeah, a government grant on how to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment today. I saw this. I thought this was kind of interesting. Filmmaker Oliver Stone, professional crazy person as well. Oh, oh, nut. Yeah. Came out and said he regrets voting for Biden because he's worried that we're slow walking our way into a direct war with Russia. This was on the really. Rus- yeah, this was on the Russell Brand uh, wow. podcast. Oliver oh. Stone talking about this. Here he is. I vo- I voted for him. I made a mistake. I thinking that he was an old man now that he would calm down, he'd be more mellow and so forth. I didn't see that at all. I see a man who maybe is not in charge of his own administration, who knows, but he's he's gonna fall down somewhere. But it seems <laughs> that he's dragging us stupidly into a confrontation with a a power that's not gonna give. Yeah, and I 
I tend to agree, but I don't know if he's dragging us into it. I think there are people who see a lot of dollar signs in having sort of this forever pipeline of weaponry to Ukraine. You know, I, I think we can stop saying Joe's doing anything. Yeah, right. I mean, that that's the bigger point. I mean, that he's, he's yeah. To, I mean, the emperor has no clothes here. I mean, they're telling him what to do, what to say. I mean, this isn't his idea. No. None of this is. I, I think the frustrating thing to me is that we are also apparently okay with letting Ukraine try to drag us into the war. That's yeah, my well, bigger problem. Yeah. And I, again, it's one of those things where I can understand Ukraine's position on it. I, you know, I may not like it. You know, every time Zelensky says something like, we need more, I, I just kind of think, hey, dude, a thank you would be nice. Uh-huh. You know, but, uh, but, you know, now we have the reports of drone strikes within Russia. Zelensky didn't confirm that it was Ukraine, but said now the war has come home to Russia, things like that. And I, I do think we need to be keeping an eye on this, because if we're supplying the weaponry that winds up bombing inside of Russia's borders, that's a clear violation of the oh, agreement dude. that our nation made. Did you think that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did, too. First thing I thought of when I saw that, I'm like, holy cow, these are our weapons. Yeah, well, and they accidentally bombed Poland and blamed it on Russia, trying to get us involved again. Yeah. And, I I mean, yeah, that's the thing that I I really wish we did have some adults in the room who could have a stern talking to with Zelensky. Like, hey, listen, this all goes away if you don't calm down a little bit. Yes, fight like hell within your own borders. That's fine. You should do that, but don't drag the West into your war. No. Period. On a lighter note, uh, I saw this and I just, I, I, I rolled my eyes so hard that I got a migraine. So there is something called the Barbie test that now apparently some women are doing when it comes to prospective gentleman callers. Oh boy. Okay. There's a German TikTok influencer named Nicole Heffler who said, it's a new question on a first date or your dating profile. What are your thoughts on the Barbie movie? Because if a guy really doesn't want to see it, or he's not open to talking about it, or even worse yet, if he's seen it and thinks it's not a good movie or he doesn't get the point, I think it's kind of a no-go. Really? (laughs) If you don't think it's a brilliant movie... And I haven't seen it. I don't have a hot take on the Barbie movie. If you enjoyed it, great. If you didn't, I great. don't either. I don't, but I don't, I don't really want to go see it. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I, I think. That's Why would of, I go see a Barbie movie? I mean, you sit down on, uh, for a first date with a woman, and she says, "So, what's yeah. your thoughts on the Barbie movie? This is very important to me. Yeah. I'm well, running for the hills, yeah, man. Right? You don't have to move on. I've already done it. I'm, I'm gone. I'm like, all right, check, please. <laughs> yeah, got to get out <laughs> we, of this. This is insane. This is going nowhere. But, 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 but the appetizer hasn't even arrived yet. I don't care. I know this is no. going nowhere. And I don't want to. I've already sunk enough money into this. Um, I'm out. I don't want to go back to your dream house. Yeah. Nicole's own boyfriend, by the way, uh, passed with flying colors. Of course. He dressed in pink. He got all the jokes and moving parts. Yeah, I know. I know know these guys. I know who they are. He discussed with me what a masterpiece this movie is and how hard it must be to Mm -hmm. be a woman. I mean, I guess it's a perfect yeah. match because she's dating a guy who's an anatomical match to Kendall. Yeah, he's very smooth, too. <laughs> In more ways than one. Or he knows that she's a crazy person and just right. has to play along. Yeah, right. Either way, this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robin. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back next week. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I have a new piece of audio to share with you. Uh, and it's, <laughs> well, you were laughing like crazy, so Joe Biden, I can't wait to hear this. I don't know what it is. So. Joe, Joe Biden did an interview uh, for a podcast. I'm not really sure what, what the podcast was. Um, and he was talking about an instance of him going to a uh, a prom or some sort of dance. And this is, I'll tell you this, if, it, if this guy were not the president of the United States, mm-hmm. it, would, it, would be, uh, it would be funnier, potentially. Or sadder, depending on your point of view. Yeah. This is a minute and ten seconds long. Scott, I can, I can stop it. And restart it anytime you need some clarification. Okay. Because I've got the Josetta Stone. Okay. And it's running. And, and maybe I'll be able to translate for you. But I, just, just to sort of reset this. Yeah. Joe is talking about a dance. A dance that he went to. Went in to school. in high school, like? I, I don't. I, I, I'm not really clear on that, honestly. Okay. I, okay. I, it was a, this is about a dance Joe Biden went to in school. Yes. Okay, well, this had to be fun. I went to a Catholic grade school. We didn't often get invited to the Cotillion, which was in the local school down the street at Mount Pleasant School. And so I got invited, and I was going to go. I was all excited about going. I think it was ninth grade, maybe it was eighth grade. I got a little dance. And there was a guy who was a good athlete. I was a relatively good athlete. He was a good athlete from the school, the other school. Big guy. Became friends, but... Uh, so I'm getting dressed, and I didn't have a shirt to wear. So my mother got my uncle's shirt, who was a smaller man than my dad, and French cuffs and rolled up the cuffs so they looked like it fit. And I couldn't find my dad's. We couldn't find my dad's cufflinks. So my mom went and got a nut and a bolt. From, what? I wonder why she was down, downstairs in the laundry room looking for and put them on. I said, Mom, I can't do this. They'll make fun of me. I'll be embarrassed. So anybody comes up and says anything to you, you look at them and say, and here's what you told me to say, this guy, Frank, came up to me and said, hey, look at Biden, look what he's got here, hey. And I looked at him and said, you don't have a pair of these? (laughs) (laughs) Is that not the best courtesy laugh you've ever heard right there? Yeah. (laughs) You don't don't have a pair of these? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, wrap it up, Grimps. <laughs> Only got so much time. You look perplexed, Scott. Well, I am. I, I am because I don't know how much of that is complete and utter BS or how much of it is even true. I've lived longer than you have, David. I've been on yeah. this planet longer than you have. I have never heard of anyone, and ever, even my dad telling me stories about when my dad went to school. Of a not having cufflinks on a shirt that needed cufflinks, at least somebody had a pair laying around somewhere. Number two, to use a nut and a bolt as cufflinks is is extraordinary. <laughs> it, it is it is beyond the pale. 
that did that happen did that really happen <laughs> dude i don't know probably not that's the nuttiest no oh. pun intended but yeah no no <laughs> just the you know, year three i want to talk <laughs> I went to a no to a, 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 a dance in ninth grade. Was the Cotillion the name of the other school they were with, I think or the was it Cotillion is the name of the the place the they dance, were going? The, okay. No, that's the name of the ceremony or the 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 dance. Oh, it was that, called the it Cotillion. It was called okay. a Cotillion. Yes. All right. That's a see. That's a wow, highfalutin Daddy term. O. All right. So he's got his uncle. She doesn't have a shirt. No, he doesn't have and, a shirt. And so he gets his uncle's shirt. Who yeah. is? Smaller than his dad? Yeah. So it fit him. Okay, because he was smaller than his dad because yeah. he was in ninth grade. And then the, the cufflink issue came up, and man, yeah. that's a tough one. They only had one pair of cufflinks to their name. Yeah. Yeah. This is... That's... Got nuts and bolts. I mean, they were lousy with, with, with fasteners from the hardware store, but cufflinks they didn't have. <laughs> Cuff... <laughs> Now, I'll tell you this, as, as the rotten millennial on the show, I've never owned a pair of cufflinks. I'm so. trying to think if I ever did. I'm sure I did uh, at some point in time anyway. <laughs> I mean, I know what they are. Yeah. I don't even know if you still can. You still buy cufflinks? I'm guessing you can. I'm sure you can. I mean. But I'm going to stop that right now because I got plenty of nuts and bolts laying around in the old tool <laughs> chest. I'm going to go ahead and mock it up from now on. Wow. What are you going to do? You're going to go to Saks Fifth Avenue to get some cufflinks? No, nah, man. Go to Ace Hardware. Don't get you straight. <laughs> you don't have a pair of these? What? I don't know. I mean, I, cause I, I, maybe that happened. I doubt it did because he lies about so. So, much, so many no. things. It, I think he's told that story before. And has it worked? He? I, I think he has because this is what he does. Yeah, he goes back and retrieves some of those old stories that worked for him twenty years ago. Yeah, and he'll drag them back out again because it, it's a brand new audience, generally speaking, and he can throw it out there again. But you know, again, I'm, I when I hear him, I become the RCA dog. On my head just cocked, <laughs> and I'm like, what? What is he talking about? So I'll, 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 I can one up him and just tell him about my childhood and just say, hey, you know. I had to wear hand-me-down uh, khakis because the school I went to had a school uniform. Yeah. And I had to wear my brother's khaki pants. Now, I was a rather rotund child. <laughs> so it didn't really fit all that well. Right. And at the time, he was taller than I was. So my mom used safety pins to not only hem up the, the pants, but uh -huh. also to basically give me a waist extender. Uh -huh. So, I, so I, had a, I had a couple of safety pins. That were that were stuck from one end on like just on top of the zipper, uh -huh. like from one end of the button to the other. Uh -huh. That would sort of allow my girth to to fit into the waist. The problem was, is while the muffin top was still atrocious, right? And it was like you know well, things get kind of crammed together in the legs and all that stuff. So it was look, looking like I was serving fruit salad every time I sat down. But <laughs> that's jeez. But if only mom had known the trick with, with nuts and bolts, bolts, it would have been fine. <laughs> Your okay. cufflinks. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. All right. The Joe uh, Biden line. Yeah. All right. there should, somebody should market those. should be a, a nut and a bolt, the Joe Biden, the Biden cufflinks, and yeah. market them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm for that. Yeah. There you go. That'll be, maybe that'll be Hunter Biden's new money laundering scheme. Yeah. Nuts <laughs> and Biden bolts for cuff. all of your apparel needs. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Speaking of Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's friend and business associate, Devin Archer, is testifying in front of the House, in front of lawmakers in the House. And 
will apparently lay out how Joe Biden was involved in Hunter's business with foreign governments. Now, he's been convicted of fraud, but he's not in prison yet. On Saturday, the DOJ sent a letter asking a judge to set a date for him to go to prison to serve his sentence. They need a hearing for that. The timing of this was odd, and many believe that this was an attempt to intimidate a witness. The DOJ clarified, saying, well, we're not going to get in the way of his testimony. But it does sure seem like like a mobster kind of move, doesn't it? Yeah, like, oh, it by does. the way, you know, this guy's going to prison for fraud. Uh, you know, you, you talk about him being a whistleblower, but, uh, but he's a fraudster. He's a bad guy. That, yeah. That, that's, that's intimidation and also is trying to uh, distract away from what he plans to testify or say in front of House lawmakers. But House Oversight Chair James Comer, he says, uh, no, the, the DOJ is lying about this. This was absolutely witness intimidation. Here's uh, what he had to say uh, on Fox News being interviewed by Maria Bartiromo. Do you ever see, do you usually see the DOJ send letters like this out on a Saturday? Never, never. This is the first time I've ever heard of the Department of Justice doing anything on a Saturday. Yeah, the letter from the Department of Justice is uh, trying to nudge the judge to go ahead and uh, sentence Devin Archer uh, for something unrelated to what we're going to be talking to him about tomorrow. Uh, it's odd that it was issued on a Saturday, and it's odd that it's right before he's scheduled to come in to uh, have an opportunity to speak in front of the House Oversight Committee and tell the American people the truth about what really went on with Burisma. So, you know, I don't know if this is a coincidence, Maria, or if this is another example of the weaponization of the Department of Justice, but I can tell you this. The lengths to which the Biden legal team has gone to try to intimidate our witnesses, to coordinate with the Department of Justice, and to certainly coordinate with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee to encourage people not to cooperate with our investigation, to encourage banks not to turn over bank records, to encourage Treasury not to let us have access to those suspicious activity reports. It's very troubling, and I believe that uh, you know, this is another violation of the law. This is obstruction of justice. I mean, it again, it just does feel like a gangster kind of move, even if it well, wasn't like, oh, you're going to prison before you can testify. It's sort of reminding everybody for political reasons yeah. who this guy is. I mean, if you throw everything else out, what was the reasoning behind sending that letter? Yeah. yeah. What's the, I mean, what, why, why are you doing it if not for intimidation? It can't wait until is Monday Is there any afternoon. other example of why you would do this? Uh, no. No. Of course not. And they just say, well, it's all, it's all on the up and up. This was standard procedure. Really? Because, boy, it really does seem like you were trying to lean yeah. on a witness. Yes. Or well, they're going to just, you know, the discrediting narrative has already been formed. Yeah. Guy's a liar. He's a oh, sure. thief. He's a cheat. You know. Yeah. Yeah, they had... We can't believe anything this guy says. And, you know. Yeah, from the same people who hyped up Michael Avenatti and Michael Cohen. We're going to be told that this guy, who has intimate knowledge of all the business deals that Hunter Biden was a part of, or many of them, I should say, uh, yeah, this guy apparently can't be trusted. So, no, yeah, it'll be a transcribed interview, uh, so we won't be able to hear tone of voice or anything like that. But no, it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of that hearing today. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, far left uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren is still lobbying for student loan debt cancellation. Have you heard this part? No, I haven't. Uh, yeah, you know that if you don't want to cancel student loan debt, you're racist. I didn't really. I didn't realize that. But we've been together 
fighting to try to cancel student loan debt. Student loan debt is a racial justice issue. You know, th this is actually really easy to disprove. Because I dare any of these Democrats to say, OK, we're going to do student loan debt forgiveness, but only for black people. Watch how quickly the white liberal voting base of the Democrat Party turns on them. I would love to see that, honestly. I, I think a Republican needs to come out and say, you know what? All right, I'm going to draft this student loan debt forgiveness plan, and um, it's going to only apply to African-Americans. Right. And watch that narrative just completely crumble away. Because they're like, oh, crap, we got, we got a bunch of white kids that really are banking on this. And, uh... and again, I mean, it puts you in a position where if you oppose it for various reasons, then you are nothing more than a racist. Mm -hmm. That's the narrative. They're forming the narrative. It's out there now. And then that's what you are. So you're going to have a bunch of people going, well, I don't know if I should. Uh, no. well, I want to be looked at as a racist. I, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's more uh, to get to, of course. Uh, Joe Biden. Trying to do a victory lap on impeachment. Boy, this is not going to end well. Uh, we'll talk about that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. Oh, the breaking news now. Paul Rubens of Pee Wee's yeah. Playhouse. Pee Wee Herman passed away. Apparently he had been uh, fighting cancer for the last couple of years and uh, succumbed uh, last night. Yeah, 70 years old. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rubin's story. <laughs> I have one. Uh, during the height of the Pee Wee thing, it was in the 80s. Mid, I think it was mid-80s, maybe 83, 84, right around there. Anyway, I had been requesting an interview through his people with Pee Wee Herman. I had, was doing a Top 40 radio show, and I got it. And the day he was supposed to call, you had to call through the switchboard, and switchboard transfer you to the studio and that kind of stuff. So I get uh, the, the switchboard, the lady's switchboard said, hey, Paul Rubens is on line one. So I was in the middle of a song, so I just thought I'll just talk to him now. I hit it, and I said, hey, Paul, thanks for calling. He says, Paul's not here. This is Pee Wee. He wouldn't come out of character. <laughs> Never did. He was Pee Wee Herman the entire time. <laughs> From the time I had him on the air, uh, before I had him on the air, till after I had him off the air, and said, thanks for doing it. And, uh, and he said, yeah, we did the Pee Wee voice again. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't stop. But it was, it was the most watched television show on the planet for saturday mornings yeah i mean it, it it was it was an adult thing and it was a kid thing all at the same time yeah it, it kind of creeped me out i i oh, saw I it, in it. Syndication. i mean i understand i, I never yeah. liked it like the talking love seat or whatever that, that yeah like uh, yeah, that cherry always... cherry was the love talking love seat. Yeah, yeah that that always it, it Lawrence, just Lawrence fishburn was cowboy curtis yeah <laughs> on that i mean that, when you think about <laughs> you think about that show and how nuts it was yeah and it was nuts it was it was some sort of acidic dream you would have, some Fellini esque type thing where he's riding the bike and yeah. I mean it was it was wild. But people were engaged in that thing. They loved the show, watched it like crazy. And then years later, he was in the adult movie theater and la yeah. la la. la got had that caught, a couple of times and, and that then sunk the whole career right got, there. Well, he had to come back and then he well got kind of busted doing the same thing and right and it was there was Pee -wee, allegation Pee -wee's big top was the movie and that was a huge one yeah, yeah there was the allegation of uh, child pornography found in his yeah, house it was all kinds of bad stuff that happened. charge got dropped but yeah. he had other and then he said well i'm a collector of yeah yeah erotica and all this yeah, stuff it's yeah very very odd very complicated guy. yeah he was yeah. he was well and again those characters overtake personalities at some point yeah 
And there was a lot of times, I mean, I can remember Jim Carrey saying that after he became Andy Kaufman. Yeah. It took him months to come off of that character because mm-hmm. it was him. It became him. Yeah. Anyway, much, much like Pee-wee. Pee-wee was a character, but it was hard for him to come out of the character, yeah. obviously. But he oh. wasn't going to go on the radio as Paul Rubens. No way in hell. Man. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. It's a dedication to the craft. This is Pee-wee. Oh, God. Okay. I think I like your, your impression. <laughs> I'm trying to, ah, Jerry, ah. You know, just, there's just all kinds of stuff I remember from that show. Uh, on, a, on a lighter note, a uh, list of social norms that make no sense if you think about it was put out making the rounds on social media. One of them was pricey funerals. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. really doesn't make any sense. Just like I, I want to just be cremated and spread my ashes wherever. I don't care. Because I'm dead. Well, yeah, because my family was just faced with that not that long ago. My aunt passed away. Yeah. And uh, it was like, okay, did we spend $30,000 or $25,000 on all this? Ooh. You know? And yeah. at that point in time, she had lived long enough where she had very few friends left. Yeah. Not very much family. And we're like, no, nah, we'll just do this. Yeah. My, yeah, I understand it. When though. my uncle passed away, they had a uh, funeral at the bar that he was uh, frequented, apparently. Open casket thing? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> then, all right. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, biggest story of the day today, uh, to me, I think, is Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's old business partner and friend. They had a falling out a few years ago. Um, he is testifying in a closed-door hearing on Capitol Hill today and is expected to be talking about not just Hunter Biden's business, but how it connects to Joe. And to me... Whatever he, if he says anything, I got receipts for X, Y, and Z. The impeachment has to start tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it has to. You, you got enough, all right? We got enough whistleblowers. We've got enough people talking about this. You can find what you want to find. Yeah. Start playing the no. Democrats' game back at Right them. now. Yeah, yep, we'll I get agree. to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Thank you very much for being here, as always. So Devin Archer, a longtime friend and business associate of Hunter Biden, testifying in front of uh, uh, House Oversight Committee members behind closed doors. Uh, the reporting was, at least last week, that he is prepared to talk about how Joe Biden was involved in a lot of these Uh, business deals that uh, he and the president's son embarked in, including when he was vice president. And so this could be a pretty big day. It's going to be transcribed, so we'll be able to to read uh, whatever they release uh, at a later time. But Mm -hmm. very interesting. And it's interesting, too, to watch media reaction to this. You know, it's been pointed out, and we've talked about it a, a bit, how there are a lot of people in media who don't seem to understand or don't seem to know exactly how to handle this because they know that there is evidence of wrongdoing on the part of the president. How deep does it go? Well, we don't know yet. But they know that it's not, uh, it's not above board, but they can't say it. For whatever reason, they can't say it, so they wind up just attacking the sources. And uh, this has been brought to my attention it's from gravian media they put together a hilarious mashup of media and politicians talking about whistleblowers against trump versus whistleblowers exposing biden's corruption now here's what they what they've said about career irs investigators who've become whistleblowers 
Apparently, they're not really whistleblowers here. And I'm not going to call them whistleblowers. They don't deserve whistleblower protection. Each and every one of them has, has guess what, Russian connections. Nobody has. What what Russian connections? What are you talking about? I don't about? know. I don't know. They always do. They weren't really whistleblowers at all. They're not whistleblowers. These guys are not whistleblowers, period. So-called whistleblower. So-called whistleblower. From the so-called whistleblowers. See, so-called whistleblowers. So-called whistleblowers. So-called whistleblowers. So-called whistleblower. So-called whistleblower. So-called whistleblowers. If you've got an allegation against the Biden family, then come on board, because you, too, can be their next whistleblower. Okay, but but these no one is actually contesting like in the case of the two irs agents no nobody is countering their claim that they worked on this investigation they did work on it yeah they have their own receipts as to and and they've talked about conversations that they've had where their investigation into hunter biden was was stonewalled where they were not allowed to follow any sort of investigative thread that might lead to joe biden nobody is actually really attacking their credibility media is freelancing this it's remarkable to watch and then again this is from gravian media uh here's what they said about the people who were quote unquote whistleblowers because that's safe to say now against donald trump the attack on the whistleblower um, is, is never wise. A hardworking, patriotic person in the intelligence community who just wants to put the information out there. A true patriot coming forward with the allegations. But that's why the whistleblower is a hero in many ways. Uh, this whistleblower is a hero. The whistleblower is a, a public servant. Thank you, whistleblower. I would say very brave whistleblower. You're true uh, patriots. Too, true patriots. I mean, ser seriously, you don't think there's a problem with <laughs> the far left progressive media? No. I mean, I, I mean, seriously, they all have the, they're all saying the same thing at exactly the same time. Yeah, they do this. They get marching orders and they just do it. Yeah, and they only talk to each other. That's it. And and so, yes. and Alexander Vindman, the whistleblower uh, against Donald Trump, yeah, who turned out to be a far left loon. Yeah, that that guy is a great patriotic American, uh, and yeah, he knew that Orange Man was bad. And even though I know he wasn't part of any conversation about Trump trying to ask the Ukrainians about Joe Biden's uh, um, corruption. Well, he kind of overheard sort of a phone call, and therefore he is a great patriot. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. I know. I mean, there's no bias. What, what bias? <laughs> right. There's no bias. I, I am a journalist. I don't root for a side. I mean, how do you explain using the exact same language all the time? Yeah. Verbatim. Yeah, be well, because they all run in the same circles and yes. they all know the same people. And yes, I mean, I, I, I always think it's fascinating to watch some of these folks like Morning Joe is probably the best example of this. Yeah. Joe Scarborough and, and frowny face Mika Brzezinski. Yeah. When they bring on Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi, they really think they're buddies with them. You can tell oh, yeah. they, they really believe that they, they they're part of the club. What a lot of these folks in media don't understand is they're not actually part of the club. They're useful idiots. That's exactly right. They're, they are the towel boy who thinks that he's the starting quarterback. And usually you learn this fairly young in your broadcasting career. Oh, yeah. I well, mean, these people are way past the learning curve age, and they're still doing it. Yeah. No, they, they get addicted to the, to the profile, to the, to the juice. They and get to go to the cocktail parties and right. all the dances and all of these things. And uh, absolutely. 
they're addicted to it. Yes. Well, I remember hearing it when I first started being a reporter, and this was about like some city council person, not not somebody in Washington D.C. Where I had a boss who was saying, you know, they're going to a couple of these guys are going to try to be friendly with you. You know, you don't have to be hostile towards them. You don't have right. to be a jerk. You don't have to have a acrimonious relationship with any of them. But they're not your drinking buddies. No. They they want to talk. They they want you to think that. Yes. Because then you're not going to ask any sort of questions if something goes down. And you're right, though. A lot of these kids, a lot of them, not even kids, they're grown kids, adults. No, they're in grown some cases, people. AARP yeah. members. They, yeah. they don't realize that. They think that they are actually part of the decision-making process when really all they are is patsies. Yeah, we'll see how many invitations you get when your your power position doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. It'll, it'll be none. I guarantee you. They'll, yeah. they, they've used you up and thrown you out. The same thing they did with all the January 6th Democrat idiots who were part of it. Yeah. They've threw them out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're gone now. Those people are all gone now. <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, name one that's prospered from it. No one has. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Joe Biden claims that 4% inflation means prices are coming down. They're not coming down. They're just not growing at the same rate they were last year. That, that's really what it comes down to. And in this case, you're still talking about inflation that's in the double digits compared to two, three years ago. Um, but this is exactly what we've talked about in the past. As soon as uh, ba- basically what, what you're looking at here is a situation where inflation was so far out of control for a couple of years that any sort of lowering of the top-line number is going to be counted as a win, when really it's not. And the example I've used before is, let's say, like, two years ago, I sold you an apple for a dollar. Then last uh-huh. year, I sold you an apple for $8. And then this year, I sold it to you for $10. Now, that's still a $9 increase from, it, from where it was a couple of years ago. But I'm telling you now, the price increases only went up $2. Right. And you should count that as a win, sir. Well, that's yeah. not how it works. There's a cumulative no. effect of inflation. If if prices are actually lowering, you would see a negative number, and that can actually happen. But it's not going to happen under under President Biden. It's just uh, again the number one the number one thing he could do is is uh, unleash the oil and gas industry and tell states that are kneecapping that industry that they need to knock it off. Right. Because it's a national security issue. There's a whole lot of maneuvers. They always talk about levers that they can pull. There's a lot of levers there that they could pull here. But anyway, Joe Biden talked about it during an event. Uh, this was in Maine over the weekend. And well, here's what he said. Earlier this week, the Washington Post suggested Republicans may have to find something else to criticize me for. Now that inflation is coming down. Maybe they'll decide to impeach me because it's coming down. <laughs> I don't know. I love that one. No. Oh, anyway, it's another story. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. What's that story? All right. <laughs> They're going to try to impeach me for inflation coming down when it actually is still rising. It's mm-hmm. just not rising at the same rate it had been. No, that's not what they're going to impeach you for, Joe. No, no, they're going to impeach him because of, uh, well, grifting off of the uh, taxpayer yes. Uh, yes. dollar mm-hmm. and taxpayers back. Uh Meanwhile, I saw this. This caught my eye. An NYU professor says getting Marxist propaganda out of public schools is declaring war on black people. Here we go. Again. Yeah, this was talking about the Florida curriculum where there is one, what, what amounts to a footnote that said, yeah, you can talk about how in some cases enslaved populations found a way through ingenuity and innovation 
to utilize their skills to overcome their circumstances. And that got twisted and mangled into Florida's teaching people that uh, slavery was good. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, this is Ruth Ben Guyatt speaking on MSNBC again, an NYU professor. There are people going into mountains of debt to learn from this individual. So there is a there's a war on blackness uh, at the ballot box, disenfranchising blacks. There's a war actually. Not a single black person has been disenfranchised. Anyway, moving on. On blacks at their places of employment through the suppression of diversity and inclusion initiatives. And there's the war on blackness uh, and education. And uh, all of these uh, things fit together. You know, all of the education initiatives of the GOP, they mirror the disenfranchisement of black people at the ballot box by not only erasing major parts of their history, but rewriting history in ways that satisfy, you know, white people and criminalizing black people uh, and, and non-whites in general, non-Christian whites ah. uh, is part of this game. There you go. Non-Christian whites. whites. Yeah. So, again, it's the Christo... Uh, what is it? Christo fascism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody needs to take a break from the halls of academia and cable news and take a walk. Just like the, I love the phrase, go touch grass. Yeah. Like actually just go yeah. outside, take just a walk. Exist. It, <laughs> take breathe a in the air. Nobody is declaring war on blackness. That's an absurd statement. But this is all fitting into this idea, this narrative that the right is all is fascist and, oh, they want to, they're basically Hitler. And even though we said Trump was Hitler, Ron DeSantis is even more Hitler than Hitler and says he's Hitler 2.0. Right. Yeah. They don't realize how insane they sound. Well, again, David, it gets back to what you said earlier. They only associate with people that think like them. Yeah. So they're all sitting around being outraged. They spend 98% of their time. In outrage mode. They're addicted to it. They need it. It's a rush for them to be outraged. And that's the only type of person they know. They don't know anybody personally who who might think differently. They won't associate with them. They don't know them. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and there is, again, a cumulative effect of this where it gets all of these takes get thrown into hot take stew. And then it simmers for a long time. And then it goes from, I have an objection to this one line in Florida's curriculum on black history into Florida history classes are going to teach kids that slavery was actually good. Yeah. Which is the furthest thing from reality. It is absolutely not true. And no. if you were to actually try to go straight from point A, which is the truth, to, the, to point Z where they are right now, if you without any sort of progression to it, you would think, well, wait a minute, that, that person's crazy. They never right. want to actually get back to the truth or the basics of anything because it's all a political game meant to divide people. Let's say, well, yep. if you object to this uh, or if you support this Florida curriculum or whatever, then you are pro-slavery. It's absolutely it's, disgusting. I wonder sometimes if they even believe it. I mean, if we live in a world of clicks and instantaneous yeah. gratification, and I don't know if this keeps you out there in the forefront, just saying stupid stuff like this. I don't know. I, yeah, I think I think 
some of it does, but I, I think they actually convince themselves. You, and you're probably right. I mean, that's part yeah. of the, the, the magic of the hot takes, too. You're probably right, yeah. Is that you sit in it for a little while, and then you come out the other side believing something that is absolutely divorced from reality. Right. And, and yeah, I think, I think they convince themselves over time in talking about this. Yep. Uh, all right, we got a lot to get to. Uh, Donald Trump says challengers need to drop out to help... Well, help raise money for his re-election campaign and for his legal fees. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. Holy backpedal, man. All right. All right. So Devin Archer, the uh, uh, business associate, longtime friend of Hunter Biden, testifying today on Capitol Hill in a closed-door meeting. <laughs> about Joe's alleged involvement in Hunter Biden's business deals. You know how Joe Biden has said multiple times he never once spoke to his son about business? No, that's right. Well, and now we know that, well, that's a lie. That, yeah. That's a lie because he was on speakerphone with Hunter's business associates. Hey, Pop, say hi to these fellas. Right, which is a power move that, that Hunter Biden would say, hey, look, yeah, I got access to the big guy, okay? You, you got a problem, he can help, help go away. And, and Democrats are now saying, <laughs> no kidding, it would be preposterous for Joe Biden to not talk with, uh, with, his, uh, with his son's business partner. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, no, no, it's a good thing. Well, yeah. It never happened, but it's a good thing that it did happen. Right, exactly. This is Dan Goldman just now. Uh, Democrat representative talking about it. I don't know what his comment is, and if we're going to... Well, I don't don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with... Well, is he supposed to say, hi, son? Oh, no, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think You're that preposterous. a father should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with, the son is at dinner with. And that is literally all the evidence is. Yeah, yeah you know, they talked about they talked about the weather. They talked about blah, blah. Come on, garbage man. garbage take that is. You talk That's about just garbage. Moving the goalposts here. Oh my gosh! Well, of course, suspending reality. Of course, Joe just... Biden had to talk to his son's business associates, right? Yeah. Come on. About the ball game. Yeah. Now, why? Why would Joe and Biden about be... Corvettes? Why? Why would Joe Biden need to talk about the weather on speakerphone with with business associates of Hunter Biden? Why would he even be in the same room when they were on the speakerphone with Hunter Biden? Why did he lie about it? Yeah. Why did he say, I never talked to them? Never. I don't even know. Oh, it's preposterous. He wouldn't say hello. (laughs) Right? It never happened. And now it's good that it did happen. Holy cow. Incredible. Wow. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Mark 
Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week, back next week. Thank you so much for being here, as always. So, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell apart last week, as we all know, because the judge in the case realized that the government was going to agree to not prosecute Hunter for anything else. Yeah. And there is a lot of evidence that Joe Biden was involved in what his son was doing around the globe. Just today, one of Hunter Biden's old best friends and business partner, Devin Archer, apparently testified that Joe Biden was on the phone at least 20 different calls with current or prospective business partners as deals were being uh, worked out, including, I mean, this time frame would include the time when Joe Biden was vice president. Selling access to the president is what they were doing. And Joe Biden, I mean, he's kind of a a, a, a mobster-type individual. So, of course, you never say anything specific on the phone, right? But it's just Hunter's calling his dad as a party trick to say, see, look, I got a direct line to the big guy, okay? You got a problem? I can make it go away. Uh, Democrat Senator Chris Coons was on Meet the Press. Chuck Todd, though asked him about this overall situation because uh, Democrats are just saying that evidence doesn't exist. I, I, this one, <laughs> this yeah. went from very slim case to no evidence exists. Yeah. None. Let me None. ask you this. Do you think it would behoove the president for him to come out and say, hey, I had no business dealings with my son. My son's issues are my son's issues. Do you think he needs to say that more directly? Because there's a lot of people that believe something something else will happen. Well, let's be clear about that point, Chuck. There's been a five-year investigation, five years, by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. Um, This investigation started during the Trump administration, and they've come forward with not one shred of evidence um, tying President Biden to any of this. Crazy. Yeah, but see, these investigations are ongoing, and also, according to the IRS agents on the case, they were blocked from doing anything that might lead to Joe Biden. And the reason it was five years is because they were slow walking everything. Right, exactly. Dragging their feet on everything. Yeah. Uh, And then that brings us to today. There's no evidence, right? No evidence at all. None. Zero. Except there is evidence that he talked to Hunter Biden on speakerphone with prospective investors on the line. Representative Dan Goldman, a Democrat who was in on that testimony today with Devin Archer, says, well, of course Joe talked to Hunter's business associates. It'd be crazy if he didn't talk to them. That doesn't mean anything. Even though Joe Biden has said, I never did this. Well, he did. And here's what Dan Goldman said about that. I don't know what his comment is. And if we're going to, well, I don't, I don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, is he supposed to say, hi, son? Oh, no, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with, oh, the son God. is at dinner with, and that is literally all the evidence is. No, well, no, Joe has said, I never talked, <laughs> I never talked to yeah. him about it. Yes. Well, well, if you're on the phone, you know, a couple dozen times or close to that, hey, these are my business associates, Pop. Why don't you say hello? Well, then you have actually talked to your son about the business. Joe Biden lied about that. Wouldn't be the first time Joe Biden lied about anything. Hell, he's probably said three lies to himself today. 
But it's a pretty big lie. That's a big one, though. Yeah. That's a huge lie because yeah. it implicates you, and this <laughs> is the way this has been the whole time. Right. That, you know, again, Hunter Biden does none of this if Joe Biden's not his dad. And there's got to be something on the hook for these guys to dump a bunch of money into Hunter Biden's lap. Well, of course. So what's the reason they're doing it? Because he's a good guy? He's a great salesman? No. <laughs> no. No, he was selling influence, and his dad knew about it. Well, that's yeah. That's garbage. Yes. Again, I mean, you put yourself in... And that's in, a crime. You put yourself in that situation. I mean, it happens, yeah. you know, it, it does happen fairly frequently. Somebody's trying to close the deal. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to get, you know, this person I know on the line to get you to know that I'm legit about this. And so you don't yeah. have to go into in-depth conversation on the speakerphone uh, call, but uh, but come on, man. <laughs> I mean, this is right. the drawing of the big red circle around Hunter Biden saying, I got the juice, man. I can... I can get the big guy involved in this if you got any problems, all right? I mean, this isn't like putting your uncle on your resume. Right. Exactly. You know, who can vouch for you, what a good kid you are, whatever. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was millions of dollars being transacted here. And everybody knew mm-hmm. that Hunter Biden had no business being on the board of Burisma. Right. And they knew that. So what? what's the deal? He's making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars? For what? <laughs> For what? I mean, you have to ask. And every time you ask yourself that question, then the answer obviously is because they know they can manipulate him to manipulate his dad. That's what they know. I mean, you think about this in 24 hours. Democrats have gone from there's no evidence to, okay, there's evidence, but it's not that big of a deal. I mean, by by the end of the week, they're going to be saying, well, of course he took the five million dollar bribe from Burisma. Okay, of course he did. This is a story about a father who loved his son. Right. Who wouldn't take a bribe if it meant maybe getting your kid off of drugs? That's right. <laughs> it was an act of love when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, a new batch of emails between Anthony Fauci and other scientists has dropped, showing that they were all very worried about the possibility that COVID came out of that lab in Wuhan. What? Yet, yet publicly, they were all calling it a conspiracy theory. No, it's impossible. It was, an, it was a pangolin or a bad batch of bat soup. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, in fact, Fauci even said that the Wuhan lab was working on gain-of-function research, something that he has repeatedly denied, including the members of Congress, and one of them, of course, being Senator Rand Paul. He's been on top of this for a couple of years, been relentlessly pursuing it, and he was talking about this on Fox News, saying that he has sent over a criminal referral on Anthony Fauci to the Department of Justice. Nothing will come of it, but... You know, he, he's at least trying to get the word out that these guys lied about a lot of things to protect the business of science. Yeah, yeah, it involves money. But as you'll recall, when Anthony Fauci came before my committee, he said absolutely he funded no gain of function research ha. in China. But we now have an email from him where he describes the research they're doing and says, you know what? We are suspicious of the lab because we know they are doing gain of function research. He describes the project, but the project he described is the project he funded. <laughs> so everything he's been telling us from the very beginning has been a lie. We've documented that it's a lie, and it's a felony to lie to Congress. And so I've referred him not once, but now twice to the Attorney General of the United States for prosecution. But as you know, this Attorney General is the most partisan Attorney General we've ever had, and it's good luck on getting him to do his job. Yeah, so Rand Paul is conceding that nothing will probably happen out of this, but 
you know, you, you, you can't fault the guy for at least trying or at least getting it on the record. Hey, by the way, Fauci, we caught you lying about all of this. Again, this is one of those things that I cannot understand. I mean, I know Merrick Garland. I mean, I know that. Cynically, Merrick Garland won't do anything about it. But it's like this guy, when you start to look at the incredible damage that was done yeah. to, to business, to purse, to people, to children, and you look at it and you think to yourself, my God, man. And he got away with it. He absolutely got away with it. Yeah. He lied about it. He lied about the origins. He lied about the masking. He lied about the distancing. He lied about shutting everything down. Everything was a lie. Yeah. And I, and I think and somehow you, this isn't prosecuted. You can't do it. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And I, and I think there's there from their perspective, what they would say is, well, we, we bent the truth to protect people, right? we were doing this for your own good, except what was actually beneficial about anything that exactly. Fauci recommended or, or did. I, some will, will say, well, we saved millions of lives or whatever, but we'll never that's an unknowable thing and we really actually have a lot of reason to doubt it well yeah uh, especially when it comes to like school closures and 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 business closures i mean sweden sweden wasn't the free-for-all that i think a lot of people were claiming it was mm-hmm. but with the massive shutdowns and things like that no they didn't do that they focused on the people who were most at risk and said okay you got to do x y and z and I, I do wonder what would have happened in America had we just gone about it that way. I wish we would be able to know. Um, the best or the closest example in terms of you know a state that has a larger population is Florida. And with the death rate in Florida, it, it's, it did better than the national average. Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously, we have an example there where the strict mitigation efforts and strategies and whatnot uh, didn't really do anything about it or didn't really help save any lives. And so I, I don't know why. I guess, I, I guess what I'm getting at is there, there's, there's no way that Fauci can come out and everybody else can come out and say, well, we lied, but we did it to save you. Yeah. Because nobody was saved by it. We lied to protect you. Our, yeah. our thoughts were only with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and again, how can you, you had a pandemic like this and you still really don't know conclusively how it got here? Yeah. No, they How know. it originated? They do know. Of Damn right they, they know. know. Yeah. But they're not going to tell you that. Yeah. All right. I want to I go to a lighter note here. Uh, is a uh, survey or people were talking about this. Things that uh, I guess people say they're too old to tolerate anymore. Oh. And as the most experienced person on this show, Scott, I want to run these by you. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, go ahead. So got the top 15 here. Uh, Other people's drama. Too old to deal with that. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that. Uh, You got enough of your own, man. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Negativity and internet bickering. See, you love it. I I don't love it, but I feel like I have to. I feel like sometimes you got to push back on these knuckleheads. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they can't stay on topic. They won't. They're, they're, they're still consumed with Donald Trump. Yeah. It's the only I, thing in their life they're consumed with. I still think you like it. Uh, number yeah, 13. To a certain extent. You know. <laughs> number 13 was parenting. 
too old for this. Yeah, well, I am. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it can be tough. I'm done. I, I listen to you every day and think, thank God I'm not going through that anymore. It's, it's, but I've done it, so It's exhausting. Yes. Uh, number 12, chasing after people and being the only one to put in work for relationships with family and friends. Yeah, I'm done with that, too. Oh. Done. I mean, you've, you've ghosted people in the past. Oh, I have, yeah. Yeah. David uh, and now, now you just say, no, I'm not going to do it. No, right. I don't, right. I'm not doing it. You don't yeah. make plans and cancel them at the last No, I minute. just don't do it. Yeah. I'm still waiting for us to go to an arena football game. I know, David. I know. I yeah. knew you'd bring that up, but I, uh, I apologize was, for that. My I'm heart sorry. was broken, man. Yeah. Uh, convincing people to not do stuff. People say, yeah, I'm too old for that. Just do it. Do the dumb thing. I don't care. Uh, camping on the ground, number 10. Yeah. I yeah. used to, though. Also here, waiting in line. Don't like waiting in line. Hate it. Yeah, keeping up with new music. You kind of like that, though. I, I do. I try. You know, Jamie's really good at, at bringing stuff into me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I'll listen to it, yeah. Uh, keeping up with new slang. People are just too damn old for, for this. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. And I'm not going to ask because I sound old. I just pretend I, pretend I know. You just nod along. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sitting on the floor. Yeah, because I can't get up. Yeah. No. And then the top five, caring about people who don't care about you. Yep. Eh. Uh, lack of sleep. Yeah, uh, that's that sucks. Oh, hangovers. I don't have those anymore. Yeah, I Well, yeah, for me, it was as soon as I hit 30. Yeah. Believe it or not. I mean, it was like I hit 30, and then it's like if I have three or four beers in a night, I wake up the next morning like hungover. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, number two, concerts without assigned seating. Yeah, I don't do the GA. I don't. I haven't gone to many. I don't. There's not a whole lot of GA shows anymore, mm. though. Uh, and then number one, arguing with other people. But I think no. you like that. I it's, do. I like. I, I enjoy. You that. like to argue. I do. <laughs> Except I do. in this case, when you know I'm right. But I'm right, right. Like ninety percent of the time. So I just give it up to you because, well, I'm older than you. So <laughs> uh, like I'm Biden. too tired to fight. Okay. <laughs> Biden's approval reaches a new low. We'll get to that. And also, half of us avoid stores that don't have drive-throughs. This is the Markley Van Campus Rock. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back next week. Okay, we don't have time to get to all this audio that I just got, but I am drowning in a vat of BS right now. It is incredible. So Devin Archer, the longtime business partner and friend of Hunter Biden, testified behind closed doors today and said, yeah, Joe was on the phone during at least 20 conversations and meetings that Hunter had that he personally witnessed that had prospective, you know, business partners in the room. And, and, and so now Democrats find themselves in a weird wedge because Joe Biden has said, I never had any conversations with my kid about the business. Never talked right, never. about it. Mm-mm. Well, he did. Well, then that shifted last week to, well, I never was in business with my my son well that and that was laundered through kareen john pierre the white house press secretary and fell down a well survivor um and now you've got devin archer saying no no no, he was he was on the phone with him and democrats are saying well yeah but he was just being nice that's it (laughs) (laughs) what i've got a couple of clips that will play in the next 10 minutes that if it weren't so damn frustrating would be funny okay one 
well, Joe didn't even know who was on the phone, okay? Didn't have any idea, all right? And all they talked about was, like, the weather, okay? That's it. So we'll be getting to that within the next 10 minutes. Unbelievable. Yeah, meanwhile, Biden's approval reaches a new low. This is from CBS YouGov. His handling of the economy is as low as it's ever been in this particular poll, down to 40%. And, I mean, everybody knows this. You don't need to be an expert in the field of economics to know that times are tough out there right now. I know they, you know, Wall Street wants to talk about uh, GDP. Everybody else wants to talk about all the other top line numbers and all that. But when you're struggling to make ends meet, you notice it pretty easily. And most of the people who talk about the economy don't struggle to make ends meet. 30%, uh, only 30% say that their work income is keeping up with inflation. Golly. And, I mean, it's, it's tough. Don't let them lie to you. As Democrats are saying, the economy is booming. It's not. People well, yeah. are struggling. It was this inflation, is the Mark crime, Van and the Camp- border. Right. This yep. is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, biggest story of the day, uh, I mentioned Devin Archer testifying behind closed doors. I also want to get a little bit more into the uh, CBS YouGov poll here yeah. uh, in just a few minutes, because there is one thing that's really not going to be good uh, for Team Biden as they head into the reelection cycle in earnest here heading into 2024, uh, because the term Bidenomics that yeah. they're saying is supposed to be really a positive thing. Mm-hmm. It ain't a positive thing. No. Uh, believe it or not. All right, we'll do that. And also, of course, get to uh, <laughs> two of my favorite clips of the day and the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. That's all coming up next on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back on Monday, a week from today. Uh, got the big trifecta with Scott Robbins coming up in a few minutes, but got to get to a uh, news update here. So Devin Archer, who was a longtime friend and business partner of Hunter Biden, testifying today on Capitol Hill behind closed doors. And the spin cycle is on in a big way, and it's laughable right now because remember joe biden has maintained he never spoke to his son about any of his business dealings well devin archer is now saying actually yeah joe was on the phone put on speakerphone with prospective clients uh business partners etc 20 times that devin archer knows of and so now uh it has been morphed into well, yeah, of course Joe Biden was on the... He was just being friendly. Dan Goldman, Democrat representative, says, hey, look, I, Joe didn't even know who was on the phone, okay? Look. Uh, the witness, Mr. Archer, was very clear that Hunter spoke to his father every day. Um, that, and he indicated that he approximated about 20 times over the course of his 10-year business relationship that he had with Mr. Biden, which would be, with Hunter Biden, which would be about twice a year that uh, Hunter would put his father on speakerphone with, um, uh, with whomever was at dinner. And he, there was no indication that he had any idea who was at dinner with them. It was just a say, hello, I'm at dinner here. And there was nothing related to his business dealings. You got, you got a guy who talks to his kid every day. Calls him at a at a dinner and pops doesn't know he's at dinner with. No, no, never. Come on. And it was only a couple of times a year, right? 
Eh, not too bad. Huh? <laughs> Can I tell you something, man? Yeah, and go this ahead. is true of every parent I know. If you call your child, your child goes, Hey, Dad, no, I'm out to dinner right now. They usually go with blah, blah, blah. Or I'll say, Who's out? Who's, who's with you? Yeah. I'll ask. I always ask. That's just normal. Yeah. If she says, Well, I'm out to dinner with a bunch of people, I'm going, Okay, who are you with? Because I might know them, right? Yeah. Well, she'll tell me. Well, it probably hey, this was. is a normal conversation that normal people do. Of course. Yeah, you don't you... call your kid and go, they're out to dinner. Oh, okay, well, uh, I don't want to know who you're with. Uh, but... No, no, no. Oh, hey, Hunter, how you doing? And it's not even in a bad way. It's just like, you know, it's just yeah. things we do during the course of a conversation. Well, probably Golly. because Joe Biden knew exactly who his son was having dinner with. See, yeah, exactly. And just I'm, wanted yes. to keep it kind of casual. Yeah, Dan would Goldman... rather not know. <laughs> if I ask, then he's yeah. going to tell me. And right. I don't really Dan Goldman went on to describe what they talked about on the phone. Then. It was clear that it was as part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. Um, and it was and, and sounds like most of the time uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello. Most of the time, you say. Most of the time. Interesting. Uh, and he would, you know, talk about the, the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how, uh, how what's going on on your end. He, the, the witness was very, very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversation. Yeah. Well, of course, because that was all just Hunter Biden letting everybody know that the big guy can be reached at any time. See, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Of course it is. That's, you don't believe me? Yeah. Let me call my dad. I'll call him right now. Yeah. He'll pick up hey, the phone. Hey, Dad, how's the weather? Yeah. <laughs> Operators are standing by. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to call him. Oh, man. I mean, it is, it's remarkable how, is it, how it has shifted to never had that conversation. Okay, but it only happened a couple of times a year. And for the most part, they never talked about business. No. Never. And it would be preposterous for him to not say hello to Hunter's friends. That's his kid, man. Yeah, Holy smokes. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think your point is, is, is really good, though, that if you get called out of the blue, like really out of the blue, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a an important position like the vice president of the united states yeah you would want to know okay well who are you having dinner with sure and the reality is joe probably knew exactly who was on the other end of that phone and exactly what the grift was of course he did but speaking of grifters man okay so uh cbs and yougov has a new poll out and it talks about uh the economic situation in america and They seem to be shocked to find that most people in America are pretty frustrated with their financial situations because inflation. I mean, it's now at just four percent on top of the 14 percent it was last year. Right. That's not prices going down. It's prices not going up, still going up at the same rate they had been. Exactly. That's a big victory now. Yeah, yeah, that's not a victory. And so the Biden White House has been rolling out their attempt at, at putting lipstick on the pig. And saying that Bidenomics is is what they're going to be calling it. Uh, So they asked, CBS and YouGov asked uh, uh, the respondents of the poll, when you hear the term Bidenomics, what comes to mind? 50% said higher inflation. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was the most common answer. There you go. Uh, and so they they were given the opportunity to uh, uh, to answer it or say multiple words. It was just sort of like a free association exercise. Mm-hmm. So uh, about half of the respondents or 50% of the respondents said higher inflation. 49% said tax increases. Another 34 uh, just added investment in infrastructure. So... When you're only reaching a third of Americans with what you say is your home run deal and everybody else is like, no, it's higher inflation and higher taxes. Right. That 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 messaging isn't going to work. But you can't message your way out of people noticing their grocery bills going up. There, there's no, no spin no. on that. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that should be obvious, but they're they're going to try. And, you know, media is really trying to carry the water for them best they can even the cbs write-up of their own poll was sort of like yes but the economy is doing fine right now well no not really i mean you you can you can look at what an economist says versus what somebody at the checkout lane at walmart says and i'm going to tell you that person at walmart has a better handle on what is actually happening than the person on wall street or the economist at harvard so Anyway, we got to get to the uh, trifecta here. Top three stories of the day. Yep. You ready? Yep. All right. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Yeah. Trifecta with Scott Robbins. Top three stories of the day. According to Scott Robbins, we always start off with number three. Count them down. The way that Casey Kasem taught us. Casey Kasem on vacation this week with Jamie Markley. They go together. I'm yeah, sorry, they do. They, they, they always every, break every together. Time. I yeah. know. Uh, yeah, number three, a naked woman streaks down the freeway, and that's not all. Well, this is weird. Uh, a viral video that was actually shot June 26th, which is just now surfaced, shows a completely nude woman sans car on the San Francisco's Bay Bridge. She walks, she jogs, she changes lanes, she's barefoot, she's naked. Traffic-weary travelers are going, okay, what is going on here? And then she goes back to her car, gets a pistol, and starts running down the lane again, shooting cars naked. Those tolls are pretty expensive. Yeah, at one point, the woman got out of the car, had a knife, and then went back and got the the, uh, gun. Cops caught her, arrested her after she dropped the the hand cannon she had in her hand, and uh, (laughs) that was sort of the end of that. They took her a while. Some shots were fired. No one was injured, but a few cars were hit. Man. Well, that'll get your attention, won't it? Yeah, it certainly will. That's not something you see every day, at least. You know, and, and the yeah. thing is, if, if you're an American male, I'm just going to say this. If you're an American male, you really don't know whether to cower or keep looking. Well, I was, I was going to ask you, uh, scale of 1 to 10, Scott, have you seen the video? I have and not. How can you report it? Yeah, I see. Is it, I, is it, I have not seen the video. No. Let, me, let me look this up real quick. Or you're looking up the video? I'm, okay. I'm going to look up the video because you inquiring minds want to know now. Well, I do because, again, did you cower? Did you hide? Or did you uh, have a good good look at that gander? Uh, kind of <laughs> hard to tell from the video that I'm seeing right now. I would say uh-huh. under normal circumstances, you'd probably <laughs> yeah. say six or seven. Oh, okay. But in this situation, you'd probably say like a, a two. Are you ducking or are you staying? I'm ducking. Okay, I'm going away. Yeah, I think it's six. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to settle right, on a see, six. See, we are yeah. we are absolutely at the trough right now, aren't we? Huh? <laughs> well, 
we are. She was proud of it, okay? I know, she I know. To talk yeah, no about. problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins, down to number two. Oh, Pre- by the way, the gun was not holstered. There's no, well, no, no place. Okay. <laughs> just, somebody just asked me that. I'm like, okay. Jeez, man, come on. No, no. No modified appendix carry? No, no, there was none of that. All right. Uh, Down to number two, Representative Ted Lieu is blaming climate deniers for it being hot in the summer. You know, if he had to name ten dumb guys that that currently occupy the uh, representative House of Representatives, Ted would be in one of them, right? Yeah. You would think anyway, right? So Ted tweeted out, hey, you guys suffering from excessive heat? Blame a climate denier. Climate deniers were wrong. Scientists were right. If you have the power to vote out elected officials who refuse to deal with facts and vote with officials who understand, we are currently in a climate crisis. Now, Ted, mm-hmm. I want you to explain to me the science behind that excessive heat. How could that have been prevented if not for climate deniers? I'll wait for your response. Well, well no Dopey. kidding. Also, we don't vote for politicians in China. I mean, if you're now, really how much worried about carbon being pumped into the atmosphere... America's done a pretty good job in moderating that. The The Chinese government, no, they're doubling down on it. They're doubling down on, on coal burning and coal production. I mean, so, no, it has nothing to do with Republicans or climate deniers in the United States. Now, how much lower would the temperature be, by the way, if not for these awful people, Ted? <laughs> yeah, these, Just asking. These people actually believe they can control the weather. Oh, they do. Absolutely. Think about how insane that is. Yep. All right. Uh, and now all the way down to number one, it's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. Number one, Star Wars star Mark Hamill. He wants to boycott Twitter or X or whatever we're supposed to call it. Now. When did he get to be such a nut? I mean, he's been a nut for a while, but wow. So Mark Hamill, Hamill is calling on you to boycott Twitter X. He said, if millions of people do it, then we'll get some we'll get they'll take notice of us. The only effective way, if everyone refrains from tweeting on August the 1st, Tweetless Tuesday, let's show the owner the power of the people, all caps. Honestly, would it kill you to keep your thoughts to yourself for one damn day? Read a book. August 1st, tweet out day. Now listen, Mark, I think you're an idiot, but no scolding, lecturing, or finger wagging for 24 hours? Don't threaten me with a good time, Luke Skywalker. No kidding. That sounds okay. pretty amazing. That's, I can't wait for that to happen. These people are really just, it's a Out sickness, of their minds. right? It, why, it, why, why, are you so, why are they so mad at Elon Musk and Twitter? I, like, I don't know. It, it makes no sense. Because he won't do what they want him to do. But They well, can't manipulate it like they used to be able to. I mean, I guess. It is very bizarre to me. I, it really is. And, and, I mean, daily usage hit an all-time high this year. Or, I'm yeah. sorry, hit, a year, hit, a, hit its highest point. For this calendar year, I should say. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, on, on Twitter or X. What, happened, or what happened to the other garbage thing they were trying? Uh, there I've, was, I've, I've heard nothing about that. There recently. was Mastodon for a while, but yeah. that seems to be the favorite of people who want to share child pornography with one another. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, with shreds it, or threads or whatever that was? Threads, threads. yeah. Yeah, yeah people, people signed up in record numbers, and then nobody used it. Yeah, that's what because I Because it sucks. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds about social media business models, but uh-huh. Twitter is one of those things that's kind of hard to replicate it, especially if you're just ripping off what Twitter is. It's just a clunkier version of Twitter. 
Right. So why even bother with it? Oh, and, boy. And really, liberals have only themselves to blame. They're the ones who made Twitter so important in their lives. I mean, they're the reason that Twitter is the assignment editor for many news organizations. You know, what's trending on Twitter, that's what everybody's talking about, even though only, like, 1% of Americans are actively using Twitter every single day. Mm-hmm. But they, it, it was their cool kids table, and I guess Elon Musk has turned that over. So maybe that's why they're all mad about yeah, it. Could be. Yeah. Well, Twitter, tomorrow is the day, according to Mark Hamill. All right, that's fine. That's, when Luke that's Skywalker fine. talks, people listen. <laughs> I might tweet yep. for the first time tomorrow. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, that's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We got Nimrods in the news coming up. Also, a news update. Uh, Ron DeSantis talking about whether or not he'd pardon Donald Trump. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is on special assignment all week. Uh, don't have time to really get into the full clip from Ron DeSantis today. I know I teased it, but did an interview with uh, Megyn Kelly, and she asked him if Trump is convicted of various uh, federal crimes, uh, would he pardon Donald Trump if Ron DeSantis becomes president? And uh, he basically left the door open for that and said, look, I, you know, that would certainly be controversial, but uh, the country needs to move on. Invoked uh, Ford and Nixon saying, look, you, get, you can't just live in the past. You got to move forward. And it's not a good idea to have an 80-year-old former president stuck in prison to live out the rest of his life if that, right. in fact, were to happen. That, that's a really ugly uh, thing for this country to go through. The breaking news right now is uh, we're getting our first look at what was said by Devin Archer, former business partner of Hunter Biden. And yes, Devin Archer says that Joe Biden was put on the speakerphone 20 plus times to sell the brand, is what they said. So yeah, it was for the purposes of sealing a deal. Everybody knows that. Well, we're we're pretty much out of time here, so... We'll, we'll, we'll have a lot to say on that t- uh, tomorrow here. Uh, it's time for Nimrod's in the news. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Uh, short on time, as I mentioned, a guy in Phoenix, he was trying to break into somebody's home, went through the chimney. You know what happened next. He got stuck. Group of firefighters rescued him. Uh, he was checked out at a hospital and then arrested. And that is our Nimrod in the news. Oh, oh, oh. 